I do not showcase my full personality to most people. I never had a best friend. Don't kill the cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes. I don't feel completely connected to my body right now. <laughs> a lot of our friends were just friends by default. I would distance myself from people and like not initiate conversation. If I talk, I'm going to cry. I had to overcome this feeling like, oh, like I'm doing stuff without my family. Like when I finally realized no one else is coming, complete and utter fail. Welcome to All the Calamity, a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we are surviving the chaos. I'm your co-host, Kirsten, and I am joined by my co-host, Zoe. And Karis. And today, our topic is why we can't form strong relationships, because they're probably busy. Yep. I'm not ever busy. I just don't communicate with people. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would just like to say I'm. I don't feel completely connected to my body right now. <laughs> I'm not on drugs. I just had caffeine and did not eat uh, food. And uh, so, if I'm a little weird this episode, just just don't don't talk about it. I second that that I didn't have an energy drink. I didn't have an energy drink either. Wait, I just had what? I had some tea. Some chai tea, which I guess has caffeine in it as well. That's not a lot of caffeine. You must be very sensitive. No, I think it's also because I'm, I still had caffeine in my system probably from yesterday when I had an energy drink, like in the evening. Interesting. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Can we talk about cringe culture and yeah. what it's doing to us and why it makes me feel like nobody wants to be friends with me guys no i heard the best quote so like the irony is last night i was watching this 30 minute video about how to make friends as an adult it was more so like a discussion about the culture of loneliness we have in america i heard the best quote and the person like in the video they don't know where it came from but it was like don't kill the cringe kill the part of you that cringes and that blew my mind i was like that is a life goal I agree. I think in a way, I won't say I've mastered that because I definitely haven't, but I do. This is, again, another story that happened in high school. I remember someone told me they were like, I don't know if it's you or if it's me, but for whatever reason, if something happens that's like awkward, they feel like they're the awkward ones. And I have a way of making people feel like they did the awkward thing and it wasn't me. But he was like, I'm pretty sure I just realized it's been you this whole time. <laughs> And I was like, That's well, so I don't know funny. if I should take that as a compliment. But since then, I've I've definitely, that made me think like, yeah, maybe if you don't internalize it as you did something awkward, maybe it'll just fall on the other person and they carry <laughs> like, that away with them. Me. So, I've yeah, been told I have the I opposite effect, which was like actually the best compliment like, I've ever I received. I always feel good around you because you're so awkward. It makes me feel confident. Is that what people basically said? Sort of, but it was actually you, you were the one who gave me the confidence because I was about to go on a a date and I was like, Karis quick, tell me something Wait, good about I don't myself. Remember this. Yeah. I was like, I don't feel like I should be doing this. Like, tell me something good about myself and like why I'm worth spending time with. And you search for a while and then you, well, were that's like, generally my brain anyway. That doesn't mean anything. But then you were like, Okay, you're like the one really great thing about you is that you're very awkward, but it's in a way that makes people feel like they can be themselves and you make people feel like it's okay to be themselves. And I was like, 
I don't know if you realize it, but that's the best thing anybody's ever told me. Me dropping gems, saving people's <laughs> lives. That's just what I do. Um, for me, I don't, I don't know if people regard me as a cringy person, but I do not showcase my full personality to most people. So that's just probably why. I think that's for the best. You know, Kirsten, unnecessary, <laughs> completely no, I unnecessary. I mean, obviously you don't want to be a hundred percent. Like, do you guys want me to be a hundred percent myself around strangers? Yes. I think it'd no. be hilarious. I would go to jail. <laughs> I would absolutely go y'all to jail. Don't know how, ward, y'all don't know other. how funny it would be for Kirsten to act fully herself in front of strangers. <laughs> Make it a comedy show. You know, like on those like uh, late night shows where they, there's like a person who goes out into the public and they do like a segment. Make that a segment, please. Kirsten is out in the wild. You know Being what? completely herself. Y'all would die laughing. It would it would be too much. Kirsten's real self to me is a testament. Like, you know, the saying that when you turn an age, you're not like turning that age and like losing your other age. You're just adding that age to like the ages you are. So like you'll always be five. You'll always be 10. You'll always be. You're just like adding on that. But the part of you that's like 10 is still inside of you. To me, when I see Kirsten being her real self, that is a testament to that being a fact. (laughs) Why are you about to laugh, Karen? Because like (laughs) you always all the things you have done. (laughs) You see how childlike she is, and it's like wow, like why am I about to cry? What? Why are you about to cry? What I thought this was going to be about. It's like you can still see like seven year old Kirsten. Oh my god, I'm not trying to see seven year old Kirsten. She was a menace. Anyway. Seven-year-old Karis was adorable. Yes, you were adorable, but you were also like I'm really messy. No, no. Okay, okay story time. I was adorable. adorable story but among other things. Yes, yes. adorable. I was a so, very cognitive child. Okay, let me tell this story really quick. So obviously, we mentioned we have we're there's six of us, Wait, six is children this a in our family. Doll story? Yes. Oh my god. So me and my sister, me and Zoe. So it doesn't I don't know. matter. We're having fun. We're having Guys, fun. They're having fun. Episode is. It's off the rails. Okay. Anyway, so me and Zoe, we we grew up and we played dolls. Like we had a lot of dolls. We had Barbies, Mycenes, Bratz, all that. You name it. And Karis wasn't really into playing with dolls. Cool. But one day, I don't know who discovered this doll, but there was like a doll that was written all over in like red ink. And it said Oh, I thought it was Sharpie, like black Sharpie. Yeah, Sharpie or something. But I, I think remember it being was red. red ink. I think it was oh. I think it was a pen. Either way, I remember it being red. It could have been Sharpie though. And what did it say on it? It said, I'm dumb. What did it say? My name is Kyle. Oh, I'm yeah. not dumb. That's our brother, name. by the way. Yeah, so our brother's name is Kyle. So on the doll is written, my name is Kyle. I'm dumb. <laughs> and so we found the doll and we like, oh my God, who did this? Like we were so upset because we like collected dolls. Like we were really, really yeah. into them. And we showed our mom and tell me why our brother Kyle actually got in trouble. <laughs> My mom thought he no the fact that he thought he did it. That was what was really funny. He was, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, but kind of being a testament to what was written on the doll. He was like, oh, I'm, I didn't mean to. What? Anyway, if y'all are if y'all are following, it's because Karis wrote this on this doll, and yet Kyle got in trouble, even Wait. though Kyle didn't. Kyle yeah, clearly didn't realize. Yeah, you know, y'all want to know a perfect it. explanation of how I was as a child? I don't know if you've seen this meme. I've definitely said it to y'all before. If anyone listening, if y'all remember this meme, just search it up. 
It's this little girl looking at the camera like sideways, and in in the background there's like a burning house. Yes, I <laughs> that know. was basically. And the child is so adorable, but you can tell like it's so sneaky. Like she did it. You know, that's, that's literally how I was as a child. Harris reminded me of when she was young. Um, for anyone who's watched Blackish, Black-ish yes, Marcy Martin's character. Um, when I, she was I love that so much because I love her character. Yeah, in that. that was Karis growing up, basically. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I had a lot of thoughts in my brain when I was a child, and I had no problem doing or saying them. Anyway, uh, back to what we were actually supposed to be oh, talking yeah, cringe about: cringe culture but and why we don't have friends. Why, I do have friends, by the be way. Be quiet, Kirsten. No, well, I was I'm going that to because people will hear this, and it's like Kirsten, you have. Kirsten said, friends. "I'm not like these other two. Okay, these I, other but no, oh like, my god. god! But obviously, <laughs> if you have a friend listening to this, that's so rude. Okay, yeah, I would like to say real quick, I technically then do have friends, and if you are one of my friends listening to this, I am not dissing you. I'm dissing myself. Okay, I would. I the only reason I hesitate to call them friends is because I know I pull back a lot in the sense of the relationship. So. We are not as close as we probably could be if I took some initiative in friendships. I feel like we touched on this in the last episode. If y'all haven't heard that, y'all know that was the whole thing. But I think, like, I legitimately don't really know how to be friends with people because of having to do a lot with, like, the way we were raised and, like, certain things. And it's just, like, I know how to be very kind to people. And as I talked about, like, I like doing things for people. And then I sort of see that as my only outlet to show people that I actually do like them. Specifically when I was in high school, the performing arts high school I went to, and I'm not trying to like brag or anything, right? But basically everybody liked me. But legitimately it's because I was very kind to everybody. I also have a personality I think that melds well with most other personalities. I can kind of like, I don't like saying morph because then I sound fake. I know where to like push and pull when it comes to what how other people are. So like you I adapt. Com- yeah, I adapt to other people's personalities so that we meld better together. So I kind of allow them to be fully themselves. And then I can be like, I'm not being fake because it comes natural to me, but it's just so they, they can feel comfortable because of that. Generally, I think a lot of people will like you because they're just like, oh, I, I just get to be whatever I want to be around Karis, right? I think either junior or senior year, it might have started in junior year when I would come into class. And by the way, I did not like this. I thought it was kind of weird, but when I would come into the into the class, everyone would clap for me. No, that happened to you too. Yes, like they would all start clapping for me, and be like, "Yes, Karis." But guess what, guys? I did not talk to a single one of these people outside of school. I did not have yeah. anyone's numbers. I did not get invited to things, not because they didn't like me, but because cl- like no trust me, they could they could feel like. They would probably be like, well, I assume you didn't want to be yeah, invited someone to things. Just told like, me that other day. that's literally how I was. So it was like, I had all these people who liked me, who would enjoy talking to me while we were in class or like certain things, but I was not a part of anyone's real circles, inner, circle. inner circles. And a lot of it was my own fault. Like yeah. I would distance myself from people and like not initiate conversation, not try harder to get to know people and all this sort of stuff. So I ended up just sort of being that one person you remember from high school that was like, I wonder where they are now. It's like, well, it's my own fault. I did it to myself. I think we can all relate in some way to that. Cause I think, well, again, if you listen to our last episode, I think it kind of plays into like forming very close relationships or keeping people at a distance. So I think that's part of it. Like not feeling like you're really in anyone's inner, inner circle. But then also like Harris said, I never had enemies. I never had, I, I was so, I won't even say like non-confrontational. I just was 
not with the drama. Like yeah, I never chose free. a side. And to this day, like even in working relationships, people will tell me like, you don't choose a side. Like, how do you do that? So I'm just friends with everyone. And I think in high school, I would say I, I definitely had a like group of friends that I was closer to. But then when you kind of realize that it's like, oh no, like I think I'm close to you. But they may feel much, much closer to other people, especially because, again, they hung out outside of school. And if if you listen to our last episode, I wasn't doing a lot of that. Like I wasn't going out or sleeping over or like, I don't know, just doing high school people things. And then in college, I got better. Me and Zoe kind of have a similar experience because we did hang around some of the same circles, but we were involved with a lot of different like clubs or like organizations on campus. So we did hang out with people, but still sometimes this like feeling of, for instance, I'll say it this way. I never had a best friend, yeah. which to this day makes me a little bit sad, especially when you realize it's like, oh wait, Zoe was my best friend. <laughs> wow. you, no, for real. No. Like, I feel like all of us will be like, oh, like, our best friend that was one of our siblings, siblings. like which, that, it, it's which is good fine. And bad because I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I see the good and bad in it. Like you know, some people literally don't have that option. Either they literally don't have siblings, or they don't have siblings close in age, or they don't like their siblings. So it's just not in the cards for them. Um, whereas for us, obviously, we hung out a lot together, so it was very natural for that to become your built-in best friend. But then also, I think it was bad because. It did not allow me to form stronger relationships with other people. And I think I felt a large sense of guilt hanging out with people if my family was not there. So for instance, because in college, me and Zoe had a lot of the same friend groups. A lot of our hanging out was me and Zoe and then the friend groups. Whereas like if there was any situation where that wasn't the case, I had to overcome this feeling like, oh, like I'm doing stuff without my family. Like this is bad that sounds crazy to some people like I know that will sound actually bizarre but that's how I felt and it wasn't until I don't think I've ever I don't think we've ever mentioned this on the podcast yet but it wasn't till like the summer I turned 18 maybe when I went to um when I spent a summer in Korea um without my family and me having to form like strong friendships outside of them I think that was the first time I realized like oh, like, this is fun. You can do this. Like, this is also important and, and enriches. Normal. Yeah, and it's normal and it enriches your life. Since then, I think I have been able to form relationships easier than previous to that. But still, to this day, to this like, day. it still can be difficult. And I do have to fight with feelings of like, okay, maybe you're hanging out with that person too much or maybe like, I don't know. It's just like a weird guilt feeling outside of feeling. I mean, we talked about feeling cringe too. And I do sometimes still have those feelings as well. Like for instance, I seldom will be the first one to go up to someone. And I'm not talking about if we're not already friends, like, you know, obviously some yeah. people will be like, Oh yeah, I don't go initiate a friendship. Be like, Oh, I want to talk to that person. I'm talking about once we're already friends, for instance, like if it's at work or if it's like a school setting, I'm probably not going to be the first one to go up to them and start talking, even though we're already friends. It's a weird thing. I'm working through it. Um, I think part of it is like maybe a fear of rejection as well, even mm-hmm. though we're already friends like, oh, maybe I can't hold a conversation. Maybe if I go over there and start saying something, maybe there's someone else they'd rather be talking to or maybe like I just won't be interesting enough or I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to like touch on something Kirsten that said, because I think it's funny because I think I was the opposite when she was saying how she would feel guilty 
if you spent time alone with friends without family. So for me, it was, I did not feel comfortable spending time with people unless family was around. Because me and my brother, my older brother, we were at this high school for like two years together, right? And I did not really have friends that I would ever talk to. Whereas Kyle was just more comfortable, like initiating um, social interactions with people. It wasn't that I was unsociable, but I just was so awkward and had a lot of anxiety about it. He would go up to people like he had no problem, like initiating conversations. Right. So he had more friends that he would talk to more often when we were waiting to get picked up. Or, you know, just even like outside of school or something like that, right? Because we all go to the same school, like they knew I was his sister. So like we would talk as well. But the thing was, I literally only felt comfortable talking to these people if he was around with me. Like if not, I would not go initiate things. Like it got a little bit better probably like the last year me and him were there. Or like once he graduated because some of his friends were still at the school, like I would like passively talk to them sometimes. I could like say hi or what's up, but I would not have conversations with them if he wasn't around. Like I didn't feel like I could be my full self without mm, that's a family member. So weird. Okay, I'm gonna let Zoe speak soon because I know she hasn't really talked. But I had literally, and I know you already said like it's kind of the opposite experience. And oh, I feel like I keep referencing last episode, but it really does inform a lot of the things that I'm saying. I felt the most comfortable and like I could be the most myself if I was not around another family member. I don't know how, how to explain it, but I think it was because, like I said in the last episode, I almost felt like my family had always told me like who I was or like who I, what I was supposed to do or this is a, we do it this way and we do it that way. So I always felt pressure if I was with a sibling to have to conform to maybe what they already assumed I thought about certain topics or about certain things. Whereas if I wasn't with them, I could literally just be, more honest and more like just myself even if and I think it was a lot of self-inflicted like I'm sure if Zoe was there and she had an opinion on something like she wouldn't mind if I had a differing opinion I think my problem was that and honestly even now I think it's this fear of them lumping me in with that person because they're your sibling it's like oh they just maybe will assume that I feel the same way. And especially because a lot of my siblings were more outgoing or more talkative than me. Like if we were in a group of people, they would probably be doing more talking than I would. So then I just assume, oh, those other people assume that about me too. And it always felt very stifling. So it was just easier for me to be myself and have a voice when like my siblings were not there. But then I also felt guilty. So I don't know. It was just, it's odd that we have like a very opposite experience when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for me, I, I guess I almost never like really thought of that specifically. Like, do I feel more myself when my family is around or when they're not specifically referring to my siblings? I almost feel like it's both at the same time. There's like um, what I like to call crowd confidence. The more of the crowd or people you have on your side, I'm doing air quotes if you can't see me. Like they the more, can't see you. yeah, the more people you have on your side, the more comfortable you feel. So for instance, like if I'm walking into a social situation where I don't know anybody or I'm not really close with anyone, I'm going to be way more reserved. But sometimes like, especially because I have so many siblings, like if I'm in a setting where even just a few of my siblings are there, I almost feel like I have more of the crowd. 
So I feel more comfortable being myself regardless of who's there, even if I don't know other people. However, there are obviously like maybe with people like once I start to be more comfortable with them or people I know, I don't know, like if I'd be more myself if you guys weren't there. I feel like I'm pretty the same Like the things that I would police myself on, that's the thing. I would police myself regardless of who was there. Like I think like that pressure that you might have felt if we were present, that you felt like that relief from if we weren't, that wouldn't go away from me whether you guys were there or not, which I think unfortunately probably just says a lot about my own like anxiety and stuff. But you were talking about Korea. I remember being in Japan and I feel like I learned something very, very valuable about friendship when I was in Japan. Like I mentioned, there was a girl on the program that I hung out with a lot just because we had a lot more in common than like the other participants. We were definitely a little more, I think, sheltered and stuff. So we were a lot more like a little more scared to do things and stuff like that. We weren't as adventurous. So the things that we ended up wanting to do were a little different from everyone else. And we knew it would be within like our comfort zone. So we just ended up hanging out a lot. And I remember there was like a point where I realized like, oh, wait, she's like initiating like anytime it's like we hang out or want to do something. It's like she's initiating that. And I remember in Japan, like I just want it to be different. And there were also like a couple other girls that we hung out with a lot as well. So I remember there was one time I really wanted to do something with the girls. And I literally went to all their doors because we were like staying in like a dorm situation And like I knocked on their doors and I was like, hey, do you guys like want to do this? It was so outside of anything I would ever do like back home. Like I never initiated anything with friends, but they were all like, yeah, sure. And that was just like a turning point for me. I was like, wait, you want to hang out with me? Yeah. And it was like the fact that I even felt comfortable with these girls to do it. And I realized it was because in Japan, all I had was to focus on the relationships I was building because at this point I had just graduated So all of even though I was studying abroad, all of the credits I was taking weren't going to actually go towards my degree. So I didn't feel like my focus or the point of it was school. Literally, the point of me being in Japan was to enjoy Japan and to make friends. So it was the first time in my life where friendship was even remotely a priority or that like I felt okay with it being a priority. I felt like I got more close to those girls in that one trip than I had felt with anyone I had been friends with and it wasn't like we even talked about deep stuff it was just my level of comfort with them and just initiating things or just like talking to them I was like oh wow I actually feel like if I went back home I could call one of them and be like hey do you want to hang out and there was literally no one in my life at that time that I felt like that with and yeah that was wild I think it has to do with quality time and for me again when I was in Korea that was the first time I was I spent so much quality time with other people outside of our family like Zoe said it's it just became a thing of like oh wait like people do want to hang around me or like I am someone who they would consider a friend like that concept for whatever reason to me it was very unfamiliar just because outside of school growing up like a lot of our friends were just friends by default oh our family knew another family and they had children And when they came over, we just hang out. Like, it's just like default friends. So I never thought of people picking you as a friend. Like, that was just very different. Honestly, like, it was very touching in a way. Like, it's like, oh, my God, like, they actually like me. That's so weird. Or like another thing that most people would not 
probably could not relate to you. And again, to this day, it still makes me feel really special when people call you by your name. Guys, it's the weirdest thing. It's Growing so true. Up, I'm like, never, I'm not that person. Yeah, though. I know. I get Growing so much anxiety certain, about okay. saying people's names. I don't know Same. why. It's so weird. Same. Like, I think, and we, as I revealed in the last episode, like growing up in a certain homeschool community, I don't know what it was. People never call people by their name. It's so weird. That or they just didn't call us because we were literally the only minority there. Like, in a like hey, little Negro people. child. Yeah. I mean, you think <laughs> we're, we're joking, but we're, kind to, a, of. to a degree, I am joking. That wasn't like <laughs> uh, all they the time. Yes, anyway, well, <laughs> <laughs> colored <care>. rugrat. <laughs> hey, hey, little colored, colored children. Someone did say that. Not this true story. True story. Anyway, <laughs> expose them. <laughs> we're doing names and addresses. We're kidding. No, we're not. But yeah, because of that, this weird thing of like people not calling you by your name, like it, they just wouldn't be like, oh, hey, Kirsten. Or like they wouldn't call. It would just be like they would. It was so the weird. First time that they would walk me, up and just start talking. <laughs> I know they would walk up and like say something awkward to start a conversation. Like, I don't know what that was. It was no, they walk culture. up and stand there. Look at the ground for a while, right. and then finally, someone would decide to say something. <laughs> Guys, homeschool we, culture, and uh, not in overall in general, but but the community we yeah, were part of. Yeah. That's the thing, weird. and that's why I don't like talking about it because I'm like people will assume that's YouTube, but no, it was just weird other families, and I don't want to put that on all white people either because obviously I'm sure there's a lot of white homeschoolers who. I mean, there maybe, were a couple in that group we knew that were yeah so i won't even say it's all white homeschoolers either but because we were around 99 percent white homeschoolers at a certain point in our lives that's all i can speak on anyway um (laughs) i'll say what i said (laughs) but yeah so people calling me by my name is still very i'm sorry every time you say that i hear no timothy call me by your name i don't know i just see timothy shall in my head it's a little nozak song which references the movie yeah yeah wait no yeah does. one is call me by your name that's what he says in the song oh i thought he said call me by my name no i, mean, I was thinking of trey songs name. and that's something totally different i can't all of us are <laughs> but, never mind <laughs> i know i know oh, that's the neighbors know my name that's totally different oh my god but, like, but no i would say oh my god even now that's just one of those things if anyone wants to make me feel special call me by my name and i think I will just get shocked. I will just get shocked that you know my name, even if you've known me that for you years. Remember my Guys, because this is what will blow your mind. The people that we're talking about who did not call us by our name, we knew them for years. 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 So it's like, yeah. You're talking Maybe to someone. Honestly, you're talking to someone. Oh, okay. All your brain is going, next season, you don't know my, my name. name. <laughs> no, guys, next season, I think we should do an episode exposing homeschool culture. culture. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people would be very curious to know or just like it's a world they're so unaware of and we know so much oh, about it. Guys, we knew people who knew the Duggars. Yo. Not even joking. They went to help the... Anyway, we'll save that for later. We'll save it for later. But no, honestly, like that's something that because I'm so awkward, I've read up a lot about like how to be like socially, like just how to develop good social skills and stuff like that. And one of the things that is recommended to make friends is to call people by their name because everyone likes hearing the sound of their name. Um, Like it makes people feel comfortable. But I remember for me for a long time, I didn't even know that was a thing that I appreciated so much because I went so long without ever hearing a non-family member call my name or call me by my name. We didn't even hear a family member. Girl, you know how I was talking to you. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's what I heard. Or the nicknames. Yeah, I know. Even though, like, I didn't really have... My nicknames were versions of my name, like Zoe. Like, so it's not really... Mine were not versions of my Pudge. Name. What is that? What else? Well, it was initially Pudge, and then there was a new Pudge, so then I became the OP. The o- yeah. To this day, my father calls me that, I feel oh, like, more so than he cute. says Karis. By well, the no, way, when he's being serious, he'll say Karis, but generally he's like, OP. Karis, to my knowledge, never like struggled with weight or body what? image. Oh, what? So this was <laughs> not like a, some sort of derogatory. Pudge, uh, like, no, yeah. Pudge is it was cute. Her, her cheeks, cheeks were, were really pudgy. like pudgy. It has to do when you're a baby, when you still have your baby fat. Right. And I had a lot of baby fat. In her face. But like in a cute way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. And it never went away. I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, are you? <laughs> A lot of it did. I I look like a normal human now. Like if all my baby fat actually stayed on my face, I would look strange. But you don't look strange. But no, I feel like I'm you saying. still have a very no. Baby but like face. if I know that. But if my literal baby fat had stayed exactly, I would look like I something was wrong with me. Like she has a health condition. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway, so I remember I was in college and I was having to go to a lot of different clubs and stuff. And honestly, I'm so glad my university did this. They had this thing called University Success. All of us did it. Everyone had to do it where you're required to go to different events and different clubs and get it like checked off this like list for a grade. And so I was just going to different clubs. Oh, Karis is shaking her head. Apparently, she didn't have to do this. Well, no, I'm saying I wouldn't she have wouldn't wanted, wanted to do that. To. It's called I, I well, no, forced myself no, to go here's the thing. anxiety attack. I so. didn't want to do it either. But I think what's good about it is it does kind of. For people who would otherwise end up friendless in college, well, I still end like up it, friendless. It get, okay, well, it gives them it gives them a reason things, to go to events where they don't feel like they're just that weird person showing up, yeah, and like, they're oh, not welcome. It's like at least you can tell you, oh well, I had to do it for a class, so you feel less awkward doing it. I went to this organization or whatever. I went the one time, and then I was like, I don't know if I'll come back, but you know, it was fun. And I remember I was walking in like the cafeteria, like our, it's not even a cafeteria. What do you call it? It's just like a, the right. place our cafeteria was in and people oh, like met up there. Yeah, the, so it was called the UC, but I feel like university that. University Center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The university what center. What it stands for. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, walking and I saw some of the people I met and I didn't even think to say hi or say anything because my thought was they don't even remember me. I didn't really make much of an impression. Like I would feel so awkward. Like if I said something, they'd probably just be like, who is that? Like, so I, I never think to like, just say hi to people in passing. It's a weird quality. It's not a good quality, but I don't. So I'm walking past and I hear this dude yell like, Hey, were you just going to pass by? Like you didn't see us. No, oh, wait, I remember. He didn't just say that. He was like, hey, Zoe, were you just going to pass by like you didn't see us? And I was once so shocked that this person remembered my name. Like, what? And that they actually went out of their way to talk to me when I was, like, already past them. Like, he yelled this across the university center. And I was just like, oh. And I didn't know what else to say, but the truth, I was like, honestly, I didn't think you'd even remember me. Like, how pathetic is that? I said that out loud. But yeah, I was like, I didn't even think you guys would remember me. I wasn't trying to like ignore y'all. And I ended up like actually like joining that club and being part of it for most of my college career. So yeah, calling people by their name is effective apparently. This is a segment we call Say It Ain't So. And in this segment, one of us will have to share a story of something egregious that has happened to us, a friend or a loved one. But the fun doesn't end there. We raise the six by keeping the leaderboard of the wildest story week after week, and at the end of the season, we'll choose the winning story. 
So make sure to tune in each week to find out if this week's story will hold its lead. But without further ado, let's introduce this week's story. All right, guys, this is Zoe. The story I have for you guys this week is definitely an embarrassing one for me. It's one I like to keep in the vault, locked away in my subconscious. I do not revisit this often because it is one of the most cringy, embarrassing moments of my life. As we've talked about, I didn't really have a lot of close friendships in college. I had so many acquaintances and people I knew on a surface level. If you considered that friendship, I honestly had so many friends. Like I knew everybody. I was part of so many clubs. I was like in the mix for so many things, but I was close to literally no one. I wasn't the type of person that got invited to the after party, if that makes sense. I wasn't the person like after the event people hung out with after. It was just kind of like, I just was a lot of places. A lot of people knew me and generally liked me. Like Kirsten and Karis were talking about, I just didn't make a lot of enemies. So I didn't make any enemies actually. That being said, I knew I didn't have a level of closeness with people where I could expect certain things out of them in terms of a friendship. So I remember when I was graduating from college, my mom really wanted to have a graduation party for me with me and my friends in air quotes. And I remember telling her I really didn't want anything. I said it over and over so many times that I didn't want anything. But after a while, I realized, oh, wait, this is really important to her. Like she just really wants to do this for me. I was like, I think I'm just kind of being a Debbie Downer by not like agreeing to this when she just wants to do something nice for me for graduation. So I finally reluctantly agreed, but my thought process was like, no one's coming to this. No one is showing up for me. Like I'm not the type of friend like people are gonna make an effort for. People just know me and they generally like me, but they're not canceling other plans or carving out time in their schedule for me. Like that's just not gonna happen. And I remember kind of sharing this with my mom, like, okay, like we can do it, but just honestly, I don't think anyone would come. And she just gave me this huge pep talk about how like, no, like you've got to stop thinking that way. Plenty of people want to be your friend. Like you just got to make the initiative and take that first step. And like, if you invite people, like they're going to come. Honestly, at this point, I'd really like accepted my fate that I was not the type of person who could develop close friendships. But this conversation with my mom, it just really like, I was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. And it just kind of gave me a new outlook and I kind of got my hopes up again. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm in my own way. So I remember at that time, I wasn't really savvy with social media because for a long time, we were not allowed to have social media accounts like in high school and stuff. In college, I'd only just got one for work reasons. And because I was in so many clubs and organizations that use Facebook, I finally got a Facebook account, but I wasn't really super familiar with social media etiquette. I remember creating my first event and like inviting a lot of people or not even a lot, just like as many people as I thought that it would be cool to have there. I invited people to my graduation party and so many of the people like actually like said yes, they were coming like in the Facebook invite. Now me not being really familiar with like social media etiquette and stuff like that, I didn't realize that people like a yes on social media is not equivalent to someone saying yes to your face. They're going to be somewhere and that it's more like they intend to come. They might come. So I saw that and I was like, oh, wow, a lot of people are actually going to show up. That's crazy. Now, where I made a huge mistake was that I didn't just invite people that I felt comfortable with or that I actually considered to have some level of friendship with. I invited people that if 
certain other mutual friends didn't show up, it would be very awkward to carry on a conversation with that person without our mutual friend. I didn't take that into consideration at all. So I'm inviting these people that I'm not that close to, but who are like, okay, yeah, I'll come. And so I remember um, one of those people, like I was at an event and he was like, oh, are you still having your graduation party? And I was like, oh yeah, like it's still on. He's like, cool, like how many people are coming? And I told him the number of people who had basically said, yes, they were coming on Facebook. I was like, oh, it's gonna be about this many people. And he was like, oh, okay, cool, right? So this guy actually ends up showing up. Again, he's someone I don't know very well. I don't interact with him that much. We just know each other from like events at school and stuff like that. I get to my graduation party, which was supposed to be, for lack of a better word, basically like an amusement park. It's at like an actual park in New Orleans, but during the winter time, they would have like, um, well, I guess all the time they have like an amusement park there. And so we were supposed to do like go on rides and like all hang out. My mom had bought us all tickets, but in the meantime, I was, we were waiting around at this like little restaurant there for more people to show up, right? For us to get the the party started, I guess. So <laughs> let's get the party started. So this guy shows up, two of my other friends show up. Was it one more person? Kirsten well, remember, was there, right? Yeah, I was there, but my then sister, people Kirsten. showed up, a couple people showed up later. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm just talking about the people who showed up like initially. So it's like this guy that I don't like know that well. People who I think showed up first, which is like so awkward because I don't even really know him. I didn't know how to talk to him because we didn't really seem to have much in common. So it was like an awkward date, like with someone you're not actually interested in dating. It was just weird. My two other friends show up, one of which isn't really my friend. So it's like, I had this- <laughs> It was his girlfriend. Yeah, I, it was my friend and his girlfriend who- We had a We kind of had a bad relationship with, not because she was his girlfriend, but because she was white and she was like kind of had racist tendencies. And so it was weird. It was just so weird. So it's like he was my friend. And so we kind of had to hang out with her by default, even though she would say these random racist things. But she actually saved the party because she was a super outgoing, talkative person. And she filled in so many gaps where I was like, I don't know how to host this thing. So it was them. And then like one other friend showed up and by the time he showed up, it was so clear. This one other friend did not want to be there. You could tell like he felt uncomfortable. He's like, this is awkward. This is weird. Why am I just sitting with these random people? We don't have enough in common to hold conversation. Where's like, the alcohol? Where's it? Yeah. <laughs> there was yeah, none. there was none. Well, we were at like a cafe, like a little cafe restaurant deal. We're waiting for more people to show up. And I keep saying that. I was like, oh, like they should be coming, blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, I'm sweating bullets because I'm like, is this it? Are these the only people who are going to show up? I can't keep a conversation going with these people because none of them were my close friends that I had invited. And again, I use the term close friend very loosely, but the people I felt most comfortable with did not show up. Even like my best friend at the time, who I would have like, I guess would have been my best friend at the time. He literally came to the thing then called me and was like, I can't find parking. I'm just going to go home. And it was weird because he was like upset and it was like, I'm sure it had nothing to do with me. He probably just had a rough day and like was frustrated that he couldn't find parking because parking in New Orleans is just so hard. It's awful. But it was just like, wow, like this is a complete and utter fail. When I finally realized no one else is coming, I actually, I take that. I think one other friend showed up. Um, Wasn't Stephanie there? Stephanie and Monica. They came no, late. Monica came very, like she came after everyone else was gone. Yeah, well, I know Stephanie. It was Monica and Anna, I think. 
It was the two of them. When did Stephanie get there? I don't know. She was there the whole, like, I think she was one of the people who was there. When I finally realized, oh wait, this is it. No one else is coming. The outer body experience that I had, I was just hoping, I was like, hoping Kirsten kept talking. I was hoping- Me? Keep talking? Yeah, I was hoping my friend's girlfriend kept talking because I was like, I'm, if I talk, I'm gonna cry. Like it was literally well, like, if see, I talk, I'm going to cry. if you had invited me, this would not have been an issue because they would have all sat there and said, how cute your sister is. And I would have just <laughs> talked and talked and talked. But no, I was not allowed to go. So, anyway. shame on you. Anyway, it was just so embarrassing. And I think I was specifically embarrassed because of like the guy who showed up that I wasn't really friends with. Like he was such an acquaintance and it was like weird to me that he made the effort to show up. And then none of my other friends showed up. Like, it was just like, you know what this is? What? It's that scene from The Office when Pam has the art thing and nobody yes. shows up other than Michael. Yes, that's actually very accurate. <laughs> the one person she was like, I don't really necessarily want you to be there, but you can't come. He's the only one who showed up and was so excited. Honestly, that scene makes me cry. I know. But that's that that's what it was. Here. But yeah. Yeah, no. And it was in that moment I realized I was like, I don't have friends and I hate this and I I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I've never been so dissociative in my life. Like I literally was like on the spirit plane. I was not in that moment after a while, like because I was like, I'm going to cry. Like if I talk or interact, I'm just going to cry. I was just like, I just want this to be over. I just want this to be done. (laughs) What? No, I'm just remembering the moment. (laughs) It was horrible. Yeah. and finally, my friend who um, who I said I could tell didn't want to be there, he finally made up some weird excuse. Like, it was so awkward. He was just like, all right, well, I'm going to go. I ha- I think I have things I think. to, I'm going to leave. And he just gets up and like walks off. And then everyone else was like, yeah, well, I guess, you know, it's been nice. <laughs> we Mind you, no one ever went on any ride. We never did anything because we were supposed to be waiting, waiting to for, people. for people. And, they never um, and I think what was also really embarrassing was my mom bought tickets for everybody because you had to pay for the rides. And my mom bought passes for everyone to like ride all of the rides. And it was just so embarrassing because it's like a parent never wants to think their kid is a loser. <laughs> Mom's like always sitting back like, dang, my kid really a loser. Like a parent okay. never wants to think that their their child doesn't have friends or isn't popular. Like that parent always thinks the best of their kid. And it's like, you're so great. Why wouldn't anyone want to be friends with you? Every parent is going to feel that way. And so it's just like this weird thing of me being mad at my mom. Like, why wouldn't you just let me be a loser in peace? I was fine. I didn't want a party. I knew I didn't have any friends. I knew no one would show up. I knew this was my life, but you just had to confirm it and rub it in my face. Like, that's how it felt. (laughs) Clearly, that was not her intention. Obviously, no. Like, she was, I was coming from a wonderful place. Like, it was so sweet of her to do that. But it literally just felt like. (laughs) Just like a a, a sick puppy. Like, look at It literally felt like someone took a pie and just said eat this (laughs) like that's what it felt like like it's like you don't have any friends (laughs) like that's what it felt like it was just like oh my god i was there yeah kirsten didn't want to be there either (laughs) but i think the nice part of the night was like after they left and i just was like oh i can cry now two of my other friends actually showed up and they brought a gift they were just super super late but we had a really yeah, nice a conversation with them and it was so much more intimate and they were people I did feel like more comfortable around. So it was just like 
those two girls and my sisters, and we were just like talking. Sisters, and, <laughs> sister. I'm Kyra's sorry, I was not there. Those two, not those two there. girls and my sister Kirsten. I was not invited. I was too young, even though I was the most cognitive, smart child in okay. the family. This I could hold a conversation okay, with Marseille. anybody. I learned a very valuable lesson that night. If you feel like you don't have friends, you don't. Don't hear, don't listen to what <laughs> anyone said. No, okay. <laughs> but like, you know, people will like to say things like, oh, like more people care that you exist than you realize. Caring somebody exists and wanting to go to their birthday party are two very different things. No, I know. But people, I think people who aren't in your position, I think always like to like kind of sugarcoat it a little bit. And it's like, you can acknowledge, hey, like I don't have a friend in this world. But that doesn't mean like you can't make the effort. That might actually mean you're taking a very passive approach to your life. And me like having that party was like me having unrealistic expectations. Like I should have started a lot smaller. Like instead of having a graduation party, invite one friend out for coffee. You've got to build up yeah. to these things. And so, I think this, yeah. This Say So has reminded us how important it is to actually build friendships intentionally sometimes. Like yeah. I think I just for a while I've kind of walked around just like, oh yeah, like if we end up being friends, that's cool. If not, because again, I am an introvert. And then also because of my upbringing and not always feeling like friendships were a priority, just like with dating and anything else, like other relationships outside of the family. Whereas now I'm like, no, like if you don't want to be old and alone, like you have to intentionally make friends. You have to intentionally be like, hey, do you guys want to hang out after this? You know, like just have conversations that aren't surrounding whether school or work, depending on whatever, like however you met them. You will find your group, like, and sometimes it doesn't come when we want it to come, but like, I feel like everyone, like there will be people who gravitate to you. Just don't, don't mess that up. Like, don't try to detach yourself like me and don't try to be so closed off and like not open, like, cause you're shooting yourself in the foot, basically. For sure. Was that your good clue? I don't have the good clue. <laughs> no, I know. You're good at clue, you... No, Sorry. it's yours. But I just thought it was funny. It, it was really good advice. So. Oh, wait. I have to get a clue. Why was I think she was saying say it ain't so? I was like, Zoe, you stupid. Like, it's your say it ain't so. Wait, so does that segue us back into the regular episode? Why are you cussing at me? I'm not cussing. I could be cussing. No, you want me to cuss? Okay. All right. So back to our main topic. I think this is newer. Honestly, it might not even be that new. It just looks different in today's culture. But the idea of like. I could care less or that's not that important. Like I'm doing me over here, all that sort of stuff. Basically what Drake said in fair trade. Oh yeah. Drake was lying. He's depressed and sad that he, he's losing all of his friends. What is, what's the line again? <laughs> I've been oh. losing friends, friends and finding peace. peace. Honestly, honestly, that sounds like a fair okay, trade Okay. I mean, kind of funny. I'm not funny. It's, 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 it's okay. Are if you losing true. toxic people you or know, friends? It's yeah. okay. If it's a true statement, if you legitimately are losing people that aren't adding to your life anymore and you're finding peace, and I think that's fine. Your friends. Or, maybe just a season whatever but i think with that sentiment of what drake was referring to when he said like i've been losing friends and finding peace i think we as a society are so hyper focused on getting the bag these days and i think it's hurting us that is one thing i know we've touched on it in other episodes But I really dislike that mentality. Like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But people on social media, and I won't go too far into social media because we have a whole episode on it. But this 
just whole get the bag, get the bag, nothing else matters is really annoying to me and so toxic and so like just silly, honestly. Like you sound silly. Like I just hate when people say that because no, people do matter. Like having friends and relationships does matter. A lot. Um, And what are you going to do when you just have a bag of money? Like nothing. (laughs) Like what? I'm going to lay on it. I'm going to hug it. It's going to hug me back. Don't do that. Don't be on social media saying that. I'll be able to buy that Gucci. Yeah. Um, But I think I've also been guilty, though, of trying to care less in friendships. It's weird because it is like kind of a parallel also with like dating. I feel like it can be somewhat similar. Not wanting to whether that's like initiate. Hey, like, do you want to hang out? Like not seeming like you are that not being needy, because obviously if you're needy, that's a whole nother issue. But just not wanting to seem like you need that person's friendship, not wanting to seem like you're desperate to hang out with them or like you have nothing else to do. Just not wanting to initiate for that reason. That's not OK. Like if you want to hang out with that person, just say that if you want to text someone if something happened and, and they came across your mind and you want to share it with them, do that. Like I've actually made a habit of within the last maybe two years, like if there are people, cause I have a lot of friends that don't live in the same state, but if something happens where I thought of them, I, I swear to you, like I literally text you and be like, Hey, I was just thinking about you today. Like, how are you doing? Like I do that whenever I can. And that has actually made me feel a lot closer to people and made me feel like, Hey, I know these people aren't in your circle, but you do have people who are your friends or who care about you and vice versa. But you sometimes have to be the first person to initiate that or mm-hmm. to express that. that. So I would just say, don't be afraid to do that. That is so awesome that that's worked out for you. Because my first thought, like hearing that, I'm like the people that I would do that for. Because I feel like I have these like, like, you know, when you place more value on a relationship than like the other person did. Yeah, I feel like I have fear. a, a no, no, it's not a fear. Like, it's a reality. <laughs> For instance, like how you were saying, like, you've never had a best friend. I don't know so much that I've never had a best friend because there's always someone who is like of your friends is the best one or like not the best one, but the it's one the one you're closest to. to. Right. So I've had one. I've just never been the best friend of my best friend. Yeah. Actually, that's I've what I never, meant, never been a mutual best friend. Yeah. I've never had a mutual best friend where the person I'm closest to is actually as close to me or I'm their closest friend. Like not even by a long shot. Like I'm like a, a, a little above you're an acquaintance. You're a side piece. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but no, it's like, they probably wouldn't even have me in like their top eight if we're talking MySpace. Like I was kind of a like a afterthought friend or, oh, it's cool when we hang out. But to me, like that was the closest. Per- you know what I mean? Yeah. My friendships have always been really imbalanced in that way. And so the people that I'm like thinking about years later or like, you know, sometime later, like, oh, wow, I wonder how that person's doing. I feel like I would reach out to them and be like, who is this? Stop. Like, like I know it's so sad, but like that's genuinely how I feel. Or I feel like even now, like there are certain people like I talk to like on social media or like I kind of like engage with them a little bit. Like we might have never been close like in real life, but it's like there are a handful of people like I still like kind of engage with them on social media. But I feel like if we were to like actually see each other, I don't know, like there wouldn't be much there and it wouldn't be because I wouldn't want it. It'd be because I feel like other people have enough actual friendships that they're not as desperate for friendship as I am. And I really recommend people, the video that I watched the other day was by Katherout on YouTube. I think it's K-A-T-H-E-R-O-U-T. And the video is literally called like how to make friends as an adult or something like that. And it talked about all of this, like not wanting to come off as desperate, but it's like, 
but I am. I, like, am I want friends. Like I want connection. I want to be loved. Like it's like being hungry because I think it's such a primal like need for people to have connection in the same way that we need food. Well, yeah, yeah, I would say that because if you're in isolation, you're like that is a human necessity. Connection is a necessity. So in the same way that we can be hungry for food, we can be hungry for connection. The more you're on the brink of starvation, the more desperate Desperate, you're going to come across. And And that's not something you can necessarily control all the time. For those people who want to be like, no, that's just not something that I need in my life. Trust me, it is showcasing somewhere in your life in the sense of that. If you can't see it, other people can. That you're depleted in that area. Do you mean not having healthy relationships or not having any relation like people who be like i don't need people like i don't need relationships whenever i've encountered people like that i'm like literally the fact that you even feel this way is a testament to the fact that you do because yeah. people who say those things are usually only that way because they care so much and don't want to be hurt by other yeah, people or they have been hurt in the past so that's now their mindset but it's not that you don't need people. It's that you're scared of being close to people. And yeah. that's a whole different thing. I think that goes into something else I wanted to say. And we kind of have it in our notes here. Having friends, you can still be close to people and have friends. Like even if, for instance, they don't, I don't know if standards is the right word, but like if they don't meet all of your expectations, yeah, you can still, there's still space for that. Like you don't have to write them off. Unlike with dating and like obviously for some people like you want to the goal is to end up with one person the great thing about friends is it's not one person like you can have different friends for different things and like you can still consider them a friend well, some people would say the about to for say polyamory polyamory is very well and alive subscribe to like only being to yeah, a monogamous, monogamous, monogamous relationship like if you do subscribe to that unlike that like with friends you don't have to so i think there needs to be maybe less pressure as well. But well, I think also, that also, sorry, wait, no, just on. real quick. As you're saying that some people actually aren't that way with friends, Yeah. but it's generally because of codependency. Yeah. Like they need a person to like be their best neither friend. Of y'all best have, friend neither alone. of y'all have watched the show, but if you've watched the show dead to I me, knew you were about to say that. Show. Linda Cardellini's character in that TV show. First of all, she did a fantastic job and I love that show and I loved her character in it. But someone who is so codependent on other people, there are a lot of people who end up being that in friendships who like are obsessed with sort of this one person and need to be basically their everything for that person. And then they can't build any other relationship. Like it has to be that one. I think that's a lot of people. And I think that's when you get into toxic friendships. And it's not always like this sort of like bad intention thing. But that a lot of people use friendships, I think we talked about this early in an earlier episode, use friendships as like a way to cope with something. And I think whenever you go into friendships like that, they're not good. So if you have one friend, multiple friends, anything, if you're using your friends as a way to cope with things, it's not 100% authentic. Somebody's going to get tired and then that relationship's not going to really pan out. I was just going to say like how you were saying that it's not like, you know, a monogamous relationship you can have multiple friends it's funny because like literally last night I was just like kind of thinking and had this like epiphany that I would like to start treating friendship not necessarily the exact same but to some of the hold it to some of the same standards that I would hold like a uh, romantic relationship and what I mean by that is I'm about to explain I know being funny <laughs> um like all of my life, like how you were saying, because we didn't really have close friendships at all growing up. And 
even the people we are around, just simple things like them saying our name, like th- that didn't happen. So when that, we, we first started getting that kind of like attention of like, oh, this person wants to be my friend. I feel like for me, I just, this is going to sound weird to say, but I just took on any friend who would have me. Like, it was like, oh my God, you want to be my friend? Okay, like, let's do this. And like looking back at a lot of my friendships in college, I say a lot, not a lot, but like I said, I knew so many people and there were a number of people that like I spent time with that at that time I would have called a friend that I really didn't have a lot in common with. So we didn't really, our friendships didn't add a whole lot to either of our lives outside of just being like fun, which is fine. But I didn't have a lot of friendships where there were people I could talk about like really intimate things that I really cared about. I had some of those, but I realized like the people that I would see and be like, oh my God, I want to be that person's friend. Cause like, I think we've all been there. We see someone we think is cool or we feel like we have a lot in common with them. I never became friends with those people for the most part. And I'm like, wow, like I've just kind of felt like I have to be a passive person in terms of friend making so that all of my friendships have been kind of, thrust upon me and there are a handful that I'm really grateful for that like I do feel like you know I have a lot in common shout out to Julia like friend for life but no like there are some people though where it's like all right I feel like our relationship fell off because we just didn't have that foundation and so now I'm like when I seek out friendships I want one I want to seek them out like I want to actually look for people who I share interests with like compatibility like what we were talking about with romantic relationships and like holding that same standard and realizing I can have really great long lasting friendships if I treated it a li- with a little more I don't know like just held it to a higher standard than I have been and not just like you want to be my friend okay like I don't yeah. know and maybe I think it's because we're coming from two different ex- almost experiences or not experiences but two different mindsets I think I was the opposite where you were like oh you want to be a friend like cool I think I have been extremely selective. You know, when we are in college, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm gonna hang out. I don't know them people. Like, right. Yeah. I, so for me, it's like now I'm like, you don't all. You can also just enjoy people's company too. Like I don't yeah. have to be super selective with my energy all the time because you sometimes you may surprise yourself and you may end up enjoying your time with that person. So yeah. So yeah. I would say I agree both with both and. of us. Yeah. And I yeah. I think what I struggled with is a little kind of in the middle of that. I was not selective in the sense of who I would be friendly with. Uh, but again, like when I was in high school, most people liked me. And then I also, because it, the type of person I was, like in the art school, there's different disciplines. So I, although I didn't have a lot of friends, I helped people do a lot of different things. Like if I had the opportunity to, so I'd volunteer for different things just to help out. So a lot of people in other disciplines even knew me sort of by that. Like we weren't friends. So like I was regarded very well around school as like, that's Karis. But I always felt this, and again, it has to do with the way we grew up, this disconnect of how far relationships could go. How mm-hmm. like how much yeah. of a friend I could be to you. So it was always like, okay, I can, I can talk to you at school. I can laugh. I can have jokes. But I can't talk to you outside of school. I can't go to events that you'll have. I can't invite you to my house. I definitely can't go to your house. We cannot go out and do stuff. Like, that's how, like, my brain works. Because, like, it's this weird, twisted, like, sort of Christian perspective on things. But, like, 
morally we do not align or something like that like your brain was saying this was like i can't do because like you're not a air quotes good person which was completely false anyway right i didn't really believe that but i had that fear that stopped me from like proactively trying to have like better friendships and more like intimate friendships with people where i could just be myself we could go out and do stuff that just messed me up on a whole like a whole thing like i've been trying to unlearn that especially as an adult I realized, like, not to even, this isn't really against my parents, but in the sense, I don't have to have my friends live up to my parents' standard for certain things. I can be friends with whoever the heck I want to be friends with. If I want to, like, those are decisions I have to make. Now, I understand, like, especially as parents, for anyone, I understand you're trying to also protect your children and saying, like, maybe there's certain people you shouldn't go do things with for safety reasons, like if they're out getting in trouble or if they do something that's illegal. They have multiple DUIs. Exactly. If there's stuff like that, I completely understand, like watch who you hang around. But I think there's a point where that goes overboard and then your children then feel like nobody is safe in a sense to be friends with. It's like when (laughs) my freshman year of college... We got put into, I went, like I said, I went to school for music industry studies. So as in the program I was in, all freshmen have to be a part of this music industry intro class. And you take a course where you form a team and you're basically a record label. You have to make a name. You have to have, everyone has to have a job. Someone has to be a head of marketing, management, legal, all this sort of stuff, right? You'll have to find an artist. You have to produce a song, put on a performance, market them, do music video. Like you have to do all this stuff, right? So like the first day after like we I got put into a group and we had our first meeting, the guy was like, hey, y'all are hungry. And we we're like, yeah, we're all kind of like, y'all want to go get canes? And we we're like, sure. He was like, OK, I can like drive y'all. We don't all have to take different vehicles because it wouldn't make any sense. We're going to go to canes and come right back to school. He was like, yeah, I can drive. y'all. like I'll pull up over here, like meet me out there. Like, here's the thing. I did go. Oh, okay. no. But the, in- the anxiety I felt. Cause I've, cause I was like, Karis, why would you? Why can't you go? Why can't you get in the car and go down the street to Canes with these people? Like, I not, I don't feel unsafe. I don't think they're gonna do something. We just all, we just had a meeting. We're trying to bond. We're all freshmen. A lot of them were like new to the city. All this sort of stuff. It's like let's just go get Canes and come back. But I felt so uncomfortable the entire time. I did not talk when we were in the the, the vehicle. I literally just stared out the, out the window while they were all talking. When we oh my god got to Canes, I was relatively quiet until they started initiating conversation with me. And were like, "What kind of music do you do? Do you start, like what is the thing you really like?" And I was like, "Karis, why can't you just be normal? This is such a normal interaction. We just went out, got food, like just be normal. Karis. Talk to these people." Why is this so difficult for you? In the entire time, I was thinking of anything bad that could happen. You are my inner monologue. It was like, you this, this is literally ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. Everything doesn't have to be trying to figure out your escape plan if things go down. Oh, my God. Like, I relate to that so much. That was my entire college career. But the thing is, you in were college. in high school. Oh, no. Wait, this no, is this, my oh, freshman oh, year oh, of oh, college. Oh, Okay, that is bad. Like, yeah, so that I would literally say same. I've had so many situations like that. I'm like very I was very specific about who I could ride with. And it's like some level of that is good because I know people who are on the other extreme and like they 
are just super trusting of everybody when like they, they have no reason be, yeah. to be. But I do wish there was more balance. Like I definitely look at people who live more like free flowing lives and kind of always have fun adventures and stories to tell because they allow themselves to live so much. And I think like a part of me feels like in a weird way, like I was supposed to be that kind of person. And but that part of me was just like stumped out. I don't live very freely. I live very fearfully of people, whether it's just like the fear of rejection or as extreme as like, oh, like I'm afraid of who this person could turn out to be and not really giving people a chance. So it's a lot. Last thing I want to say before we get into our get a clue is I hope you guys one have enjoyed the episode, but also today as we're recording this is actually Thanksgiving. And I just want to give a round of applause to us because we will be going to a Friendsgiving later on today. Yeah. We so do have friends. Spirit, Shout out to the host. For I'm kind of kidding. Us. These are not <laughs> so, my friends. Um, not like fun. the same yeah, one. I'm just excited. She asked about you a lot, actually. Though. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Don't sound so surprised. I'm so tired. Well, like, why would yeah. she? We're not even the same age range here. All right, guys. So no. our next segment. No. Stop. Hurry up. All right, guys, so our next segment is Get a Clue. And in this segment, one of us will talk about an issue that we have either dealt with in the past or one that is currently ailing us, then share some advice on how we can overcome it. Today, Karis will be sharing with us. Karis, take it away. Okay, y'all, I'm going to make this short and sweet because this is, we thought this was going to be a short episode and we lied. I don't even need to go over the issue that we've dealt with. Like, we just talked about this entire podcast, so I'm just going to be straightforward. Call the person. Send the text, reply to the Instagram story, especially, stop clapping, I'm still talking, especially the Instagram story part. Guys, Instagram made it so easy for us. You could literally just send a laughing emoji. It's not like, stop overthinking everything. I'm talking to myself. I literally just did this yesterday. Stop, send the thing. People aren't gonna think you're weird because everybody is weird. (laughs) That's also true. Like. Not to quote Kanye, but I literally think about this all the time. I don't remember when he said this, but it was at some point he was he was talking about something, but he was just saying like, text people you love them. If you thought about them and you do love, like just text them. If they think it's weird, they think it's weird. But if you're thinking about a random person that you haven't talked to in a while and you're like, yo, I was thinking of you, just send it to them. What's gonna freaking happen? The worst- I just said that. Yeah, no, Kirsten, asked, was that the getting clue? Kirsten, Kirsten stole off the get a clue stuff before we got to it. Anyway, point being, I like to have this motto in my own life. It's probably one of the few things that have gotten through, helped me get through things because with my anxiety and everything. And this won't help everybody. But I always think of the worst thing that could happen realistically in certain situations. What is the worst thing that could happen if you reach out to somebody? The worst thing is they don't respond. They block you. Or you find out they're weird. That's it. And it's like, those three things really aren't that bad. So risk and reward here, it's not that much risk. And you could get a lot of reward. You could have like a really good friend. I don't know why that's so funny. I'm I'm sorry, but that's actually not true. Because (laughs) here's why. What is the worst thing that could happen? The only thing that works is if you don't actually have to interact with them. For instance, a lot of people that you're talking to may either work with these people or go to oh, school with these people. Oh, well, no, no, okay. And that's hold my up. spirit. Hold up, hold up, hold up. To have them block hold you up. and then you see them for a living, you're going to die every time okay, you see shut them. Up. Shut up, Kirsten, because you're ruining my get a clue. 
in that situation, I was specifically because I was thinking about people that you are not around anymore, but you still are con- in contact with them on like social media and stuff like that. But even that being the worst thing that could happen, like I said, this will not ha- help everybody because people like Kirsten clearly this is very important. Or um, did wouldn't want to have to deal with that. Even like embarrassment being the worst thing that could happen is not that big of a de- deal in the grand scheme of things. It, it just isn't. Also, if you recognize how often other people get embarrassed and you witness it and you realize it doesn't actually change much about them to you, like embarrassment is all about pride, like your own feeling about yourself. So it's about like if you were to get over that, then people don't actually really care that much. Put yourself out there more. We're not even talking about dating. We are literally talking about friendships. If you go to the movie still. Text somebody if you if you know they like a, a, the same movie and a movie's coming out and y'all are in the same city. Just ask if you want to go see the movie. The worst they'll say is no or won't respond. Who cares? That's not going to hurt you, but at least you know that you put effort in and then you, you might find people who actually will... And then you have an actual friend that you can talk to and do things with and have experiences with and have fun. Why so serious? Just stop being so doggone serious about it and just enjoy, enjoy it. Like reach out to people, try it, baby steps. It doesn't have to be huge things as Zoe was saying, like don't just all of a sudden try to throw a huge party, (laughs) but like just hit people up or like actually respond to people's like random Instagram little story question things that people be doing. The way I be skipping those things out of anxiety, it don't make no sense. I literally don't even have to see this person. I could just respond. They ask the question. No, what's funny is like, there's some people that skip that. and I'm always like, they're gonna think I'm so weird or they're gonna be like, yeah. I don't know you, why anyway, are you responding anyway, to this? Anyway, let's just, that's it. That's my get a clue. Just do what has to be done. Stop fretting about it. It's gonna be okay. Well, that was a lovely get a clue. I agree with everything. Okay, take that out. Okay. I was like, you fake it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, be like, hey, you fake it. Um, uh, that was the wildest inside joke ever. I know, I love that. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and our get a clue. Karis was preaching, as always. But again, thank you, can you guys. join my church next oh. week. I'm starting a congregation. Thanks for interrupting me. <laughs> Sorry. But as always, thank you guys for rocking with us. If you want to keep up with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram. It is at all the calamity. Also, wherever you are listening to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you actually are downloading the episodes. And also on Apple Podcasts, please rate and write a review for us. We would love to hear you guys' opinions on some of the things that we are talking about. Yeah, I think... I speak for all of us when I say that that would be awesome. Like we want to hear you guys and also for you guys to engage with us. So yeah, go follow us on Instagram and rate and review on Apple podcast. We will hear be here with you guys next week, next Wednesday for a new episode. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy next time. I'm going to write the, the outro yeah, down. We need to write the outro down. That reminded me of what? Ah, no, that's, that's Okay, that's the end of this episode, guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Are we really ending it? Yes. That was super chaotic, but I love it. This whole episode was very chaaotic from the very beginning. We thought this would be short. We need to record for hours.